Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing 15th of February 2021. Well, it's the first time we've had a decent snow in this county for years. The beast from the east three or four years ago was lots of cold weather and lots of freezing. But proper dump of snow, no, we haven't seen that for a long time. And I hope everyone who's got kids made a point of getting out there and doing sledging and playing in it and forcing a lot of memories into those little kiddies' heads for the rest of their lives because it's it's one of those moments, take lots of pictures, you've just got to enjoy it without a doubt. You look back years from now and you go, wow, what a lovely time and look at that snowman and all that stuff. And it's so important, such a big moment for children. So big children or little children, depending on your mental attitude. We had fun and we built a snowman and we had some rubbish sledging because we haven't got many hills in Norfolk and we can't go to the good sledging points because that's breaking lockdown. So there you go. That's how it is. Right. Let's talk about the grain market. Today's chat is going to be Webby and myself and probably Josh, and we're going to have a proper in-depth kind of like analysis of a few things that could or couldn't happen on market. So I'm not going to run on too much about that in the pricing aspect of it. Needless to say, the most important thing is the feed wheat price has come below £200 a tonne. So there's lots of opportunity for the old, you know, you should have booked it joke and so on. There's a long way to go till harvest. It certainly needed a correction. I didn't expect it to really come much below 200 in a hurry and it's it's come down quicker than I thought but we are not successfully buying farm feed wheat at the moment so somebody possibly is and persuading them that the world is going to end and you know here we are in February and there's more than enough to go around but it has come off it is below 200 I mean the May futures as we speak have traded 199 pounds a ton which is 18 pounds off the top so X Farm spot fee wheat is 198X, Feb stroke March. We would pay in Norfolk £200 ton X for May. Now that is a premium to the futures. That's very unusual in this county. And it boils down to where is the surplus of wheat and you know where is it required. This county at the moment is not supplying lots and lots of ready tonnage. And it's all part of the debate. But to pay a premium over the futures is happening because physical wheat's not coming from farm. The consumers who've seen it drop a significant amount are beginning to show signs of interest. There's a few deals getting done. There's certainly lots of inquiries about these prices. So 208 delivered, 209 delivered. The futures have lost a little bit of relevance to Norfolk, to its normal place. So the x farm price is now premium, which is, again, a moment to savour I'll probably be asked why on earth did I bother to register all of the futures stores this year when I could have just sold it X-Farm for the same. Well, that's wonderful hindsight trading, which is always right, isn't it? Right, so moving on to feed barley, that also has taken a bit of a knock. Not quite as much as wheat, but it's come back to probably 157x. Lost its luster, the pound is quite firm, we're not able to export in a hurry. You know, 157x spot 
is a good price. There isn't much of a carry going forward. And don't forget, barley is the one that dies first in terms of premium because you've got new crop coming at you sooner. So if you've got feed barley left, you know, I don't think it's going to make much difference if you sell it or if you don't. So you may as well get on with it. Oilseed rape, 385x spot, long range we're kind of sideways to up probably is the price there's very little as far as we're concerned to trade left out there i want to talk a little bit this morning about malting barley malting barley is a niche crop as you know lots of the parts of the country can't actually produce the goods and my home base is obviously fairly heavily into it there's a few little little things going on at the moment you have to second guess what the market's doing you have to you know sometimes tell a story to suit your book you have to sometimes try and assess what you think is going to happen next. I think it's important to say that there was less winter malting barley put in the ground because the price for it last autumn was absolutely abysmal. And why take the risk of growing malting barley when you can grow feed barley and to be kind of 10 quid difference? No hassle, what the hell. And I think to a large degree, people who consistently don't produce the goods just couldn't be bothered with the hassle of it, which is totally fair enough. So less winter malting barley in the ground. Now it comes on to the autumn and the projected, you know, wheat acreage that the AHDB said was up 28% on the basis of it was obviously down that much the previous year because of the terrible wet autumn of, of 2019. It doesn't look quite so terrible as perhaps the autumn of 2020 now, does it? But it means that there was still a large number of wheat seed bags in farms thinking, right, when it comes dry, I'll put that in. When I get the sugar beet out, I'll put that in. Well, obviously, the sugar beets still aren't out. The snow, the lovely snow I'm talking about playing in with kids, is actually a burden. It's a lovely, beautiful landscape, but the snow is sitting there, and you can't do a lot on top of it at the moment. Now, we're going to have a bit of a warm-up over the weekend, which means it's going to be pretty wet through the next four or five days. Even if it dried up in a hurry, you aren't going to get on to that before probably a week's time. And the forecast isn't actually that kind. And I've got to say, looking at the BBC long-range forecast, there's an Arctic oscillation, which, you know, our man Joe Beardshaw's the expert on the uh, polar vortex. There's an Arctic oscillation looking like it's going to come around and be on top of us at the first week of March. Now, last year, the weather turned very kind or very dry very quickly and stayed dry, and we got on and caught up and everybody kind of then started worrying about drought but but this year it looks like we're going to be kept off the land in decent condition until the end of feb waiting for it to be absolutely perfect is the right thing to do i can say sitting from my desk as a wise advisor to farmers but if we have the old phrase of in like a lion out like a lamb march the weather If it starts with an Arctic oscillation, it means we're going to have a very cold, possibly snowy first week of March. And you ain't going to be doing a lot of work in that first week. And the land is also not going to be that ready or warmed up, ready for the seed to go into. So it possibly could be a slightly delayed or looks like it's going to be a delayed period that we can actually start working, unlike last year. Now, that is going to compress even further the volume of work that's still got to be done. As I've said in previous weeks, there's an enormous amount of backlog. And if you are pushing the start date of the spring work further and further into March, it obviously, in the end, has problems. You know, you have late drilling, lower yields, etc., etc. So that is definitely an issue. 
And that has implications for the malting barley market because there will be more spring barley put in the ground now, we think, because the wheat simply isn't going to go in that late. But, you know, just looking around at the the size of the European spring barley crop is lower because obviously last year it was difficult for lots of people. The French crop is 30% down, but it was 30% up the previous year. Again, we're back to kind of balancing normal with two wet autumns and winters. So in effect, there should be less spring barley in the ground. And certainly the land that it goes onto, we understand certain parts of the country like Lincolnshire have planted what was would have been planned for the spring barley, the light land they could get on, and they drilled that with wheat, leaving the heavier land, which is probably going to have the spring barley, and that isn't naturally the best land to have spring barley on. So I do think, for a change, there's a slightly positive spin to malting barley prices in the context of, yeah, we've heard all about the lockdown and the lack of the pubs being open and not being able to drink and the demand destruction... However, it does look like there is a bit of a problem with the actual production of malting barley. So it isn't all doom and gloom when it comes to price of malting barley. So how about that? If you look at the moment at current export European values, and bearing in mind we can export, rough value for spring barley, bog standard, 185 nitrogen, kind of planet, rough old bird type stuff, 170x farm November, probably a bit punchy, but that's about the value it's at. That is a good benchmark in the back of your head to have. Anyway, a fascinating market. Great to have lots of snow if you're an offer swallow like me. Pretty miserable if you're a farmer. Have a great week's trading and uh, let's see where we sit next week. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Dewing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications informing you on what Dewing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Dewing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download and with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 550 or email info at And now it's time for Farm Chat. All right, today we've got the Webby, Josh and Andrew bubble. Hello. Hello. Hello, Ian. Welcome back after your long absence. Right. Well, I've been asked about what, you know, about having guests on here again. Someone was saying, you know, you should get some guests on. I said, well, okay, if we if we started interviewing people, we'd be breaking lockdown rules and there'd be some sneaky little get out there who'd report us. So we decided you're going to stick with the bubble until we were allowed to get out there. The other question asked was, you know, why don't I do some interviews over the phone? I kind of don't feel so comfy with it. I've, I think that one of the benefits of this podcast is the, is the kind of sitting down, absolutely no prep, have a little chat and whatever comes out is the real deal i suppose you're stuck with us all right is our content getting that crap well yeah i guess so i don't know someone was obviously you know bored with us which is fair enough that's you know we do have a cult following it has been months though actually thinking back at it i can't remember who our last guest appearance was actually no neither can i and now you've said that out of the blue anyway we'll not worry about that so i'm sure someone is there someone in the middle of it that was not us Right, so today I want to I want to talk about there's a few sort of very vital things have have occurred, and I'm going to start this off with you know let's just let's talk about the weather first of all. Snow this week, you know, in the UK, snow cover is good news. Yeah, uh, well, it was covering a very slushy 
ground in the first place, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's the wheat underneath there. There's no aphid activity. There's no virus spreading. Okay. That is, yeah. When it comes out from, from snow, it looks amazing. That's the mm. first thing you've got to know is it gets ultraviolet light, I guess, through the snow. It always looks brilliant. But snow on top of what we had before, is that not going to be a problem? I don't know. A crop that was well established is going to be fine. The stuff that's been sitting in a lake is obviously dead. So there's... You know, there is, a, there is a knockback on the wheat crop, as we know, but largely snow is good for the crop in, in the stuff that's actually well established in the ground. It's been very cold in Europe. It's been very cold in the US in the last 10 days. What implications there are with that, we don't know yet. It looks like there's snow cover in most places and there doesn't seem to be any panic. But until that snow melts, no one's going to know, are they? So that's a kind of underlying piece of weather that's starting. And, and today's conversation is going to be about what happens next, what we think the market for wheat's going to be next and where it goes to. And the, the the biggest influence is always going to be weather. And and just for the record, I spoke to Ollie before this, and bearing in mind Joe Bidgel's you know uh, polar vortex conversations just before you dropped off. There's a, a polar or Arctic oscillation that's going to recur, according to the BBC, the first week of March. So what does that mean? That means they ain't going to be doing any planting the first week of March, or lifting sugar beet, or preparing the ground for sugar beet planting, or potatoes, or any of the stuff they did last year, because it started to dry up in time. The grower that I spoke to this morning, he was drilling wheat this time last year. And last year, okay, it was late and it wasn't optimum potential, um, or optimum harvested yield, but it was all right. They, they won't have that opportunity this year. No. So, so the wheat acreage isn't as high as the AHDB said it was? No. So, so this is all, all part of the sum. We're trying to put some jigsaw pieces down here. So, sub-200 May futures. How do you feel about that, boys? I've been feeling bullish to it for the last two weeks, so um, I'm wrong. But, yeah, I, I think it's actually, for the moment, I think it's here to stay, actually. I, there's a few farmers starting to worry, and I bid a farmer today that we bid well over 200, plus 5%, and he didn't take it. So now it's below £200, a ton is significant he, he's going to hold off but he's definitely getting more nervous to it and i think there's actually a few people that are largely the same i think i, we've, I picked up some old crop wheat this week back of the market coming down so i think but it's not, gonna enough, not enough to change your life though not it? enough no not enough to significantly change life but i don't think it's going to stay any harder than this for long what about you webmeister yeah, I think it's had what every market needs to have a rattle off and a, and a bit of a shake-up. It's had it. How much... I've got to say, the wheat market doesn't feel that friendly at this moment, but I think it's a bit of a, that's a very short-term sentiment for me. Is there enough wheat in the UK? My belief that parochially, no. In the UK? No. Okay, Josh? No. I think there's enough milling wheat, but I think a lot of it goes feed, but I still don't think there's enough. So with the milling wheat coming in, adding to the feed... No, it's know. not enough. All right. with, with, there's, it's also been... So in Norfolk, not okay, not the biggest area, area but um, we're all under snow. No one's going to be, no cattle or sheep or pigs or whatever are going to be outside in this. So that ramps up feed along the line somewhere. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, no, the, the, the fact that there's extra consumption. If we've got freezing cold weather and, and the animals can't get out in the fields, without any doubt... They've got to eat something, they've got to be eating more compound and, and so on. So if it goes on to our Arctic oscillation and they're still indoors at that point, that's quite a lot of extra feed, you're right. But I come back to my point, you know, if there is enough, who owns that surplus? Who owns the surplus of wheat? Or where is it in the country? Well, that's, that's, that my, that's one of my other, my next question. So let's, let's start with who owns it. Obviously, some merchants are Well, I would have thought farmers are sort of uh, creatures of habit and a lot would have forward sold the April, June period and i would have thought there'd be merchant longs in the forward book 
And it's not, but you haven't had that many opportunities to forward sell. Consumers, in from what I've seen, haven't been that active in their buying. I don't blame them. They haven't wanted to buy the higher numbers. There, there's a few sniffing around at the moment. That's a good well, sign. Now that they're probably buying the delivered in Norfolk in the low 200s, whereas it was probably... Well, April, May, June's traded at 208 this morning. Yeah. Nine pounds over. And probably trading at 215, 216, wasn't it? A couple of weeks well, ago. Well, no, the futures at its peak was 217, so if you had a, a six quid to that. 22, 23. Yeah. Well, but it wasn't six quid to that then. Yeah. It was a smaller premium, yeah. and that's the point. Nine pounds over doesn't make any difference. That consumer is buying it effectively 13 pounds mm. cheaper than he would have been buying it at the peak. Yeah. And and I, I think that's a really wise move, actually. The most of them are kind of asking but not doing it. Got one guy who's stepped in and done a bit, and I, I think he's right. And, mm. and, you know, we shall see. I mean, there's, there's, there's ready sellers while there's a big enough premium like that. But physically buying wheat X farm, you're still going to have to pay £200 a tonne. For May, which is what we're doing, which is effectively a one pound premium to the futures. Yeah. So, so if the farmer owns it and some merchants own it, okay, then there's your question: Where is it? Where is the surplus? Mm. And it appears to be in Scotland, north of. You know, they didn't have the weather issues we had last year. They had a reasonably good harvest. They haven't got the consumption. There isn't a bioethanol plant being dragging yeah. wheat. That's because it's using corn this year at Ensus. Therefore, that's where the surplus is. Although, yeah, that was the comment that I had in the week in that. The um, Scots are sort of stuffed with corn, which is displacing a lot of the wheat demand at the moment. And so that's going to be interesting, I suppose, when we start talking about the technicalities of the May wheat position, where will the tender be? Well, at this moment, there is no Scottish stores that will take that. There's the Ingalls stores, which are, which are in, in the borders, but where the surplus is, there isn't any. So now, is there going to be a rush to registering stores? I think, I think probably Could it be, should. Yeah. Yep. Because the market there is actually, a be- the best market is the futures now, because the haulage is, is greater yep. to go to consumer. So we should see uh, ICE getting further registrations come through, and the tender for May, if it's going to happen, is going to be Scottish wheat. I, can't, I, know that, I know we do this annually, but I'm not sure how long is the registration process. It isn't that complex. You can't. You contact ICE and you speak to Tim Guttridge and he says, oh yeah, I'll come and inspect it for you. They're, they're, it doesn't take that long. It isn't that complex. As long as you're ACCS and you do the job properly and your store is up to spec and there isn't, you know, isn't dodgy, which, you know, if there's a proper commercial grain store, it should be good enough for foodstuffs anyway. So it isn't that complex as long as they accept you in that period. Um, so it, it, they've got time at the moment. If you waited till the end of March and got into April to do it, I don't think you'd get done in time so it's now if you're going to do it chaps do it six week window well if the surplus is there i mean it depends if, if the futures are we've had lots of debate about the futures and my view about the, the premium in norfolk certainly will come into a much lower level i could be completely wrong with my theory on that if the scots come in and tender and nobody wants you know scottish wheat then the fact that they're short of wheat in I don't know, Stoke Ferry or Kenninghall or Saxlingham, you aren't going to buy it from Scotland to haul it down, are you? You know, that wheat's got to go to probably Manchester. Yeah. I would suggest that's, I don't know, I I think, and is that going to be enough to solve the 400 and something thousand tonnes of tenders that currently the open position holds? It's quite, it is quite interesting. So, So in our part of the world, the trick is not to be short physical wheat because we have not got that many people with wheat that's being offered to us. And if the consumer largely hasn't bought in our area, they're going to be in to buy it at some point. And if a big merchant's got a kind of nice square book and he looks at it and goes, hang on a minute, my surplus is in Scotland... He's going to go. Oh, hang on! I've got to, the things have got to change in terms of the price in East Anglia. Maybe the premium goes out even higher. 
Possibly. Well, yeah. it, you know, so so it boils down to is you know where is the surplus? We've we've identified. It. We don't believe it's here. You mentioned milling wheat, Josh. Will that come into the feed wheat game? Probably. Probably. Although Ben did mention something actually on milling wheat the other day that while there is actually lots of you can't sell milling wheat premium, but at the same time it's quite hard to buy. Mm. So um, I do I do personally think there's probably a milling wheat surplus somewhere along the line, and it will come into the book. My opinion is that there's been a few merchants that have held along that have been probably watching the premium go up and not wanting to sell it, and then but then come March April they might start looking at doing moving their May book sooner if well, they've got cheap wheat. Well, March April there's there's another big issue to consider, and that's the price drop off to new crop. You know, it was forty five fifty quid. It's now sort of thirty eight quid. So there's still an enormous. If you don't sell it in time, you're going to have to hold it for a long time to catch up with that price again. But that, um, when you were talking earlier, sort of like an intro bit, or pretty much all crops, the um, the carries also that old crop to new crop spreads have come in on everything, haven't they? And that's yeah. that's reflecting the weather risk or weather premium. But it's still thirty eight quid. So if you're sitting there with wheat in your store in July and you're being bid, I don't know. 195 when we get there and the price for new crop is 100 and well for the harvest is probably 40 quid discount isn't it 145 55 yeah you're not going to sit and wait you're going to say right get it out of my hair go take Mm. it yeah yeah yeah. which is wise sensible trading that's what that's exactly what we should be doing but yeah it's who is who is the pressure on and and will that pressure change at the moment there is no pressure on anybody the farmer is like, well, it's 200 or there and that. Yeah, I don't really care. The consumer has seen it drop 13 quid, so he's, he feels, okay, February's covered. Might need a bit of March. I'll worry about that in two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. April, May, June, yeah, it keeps coming down. I'll wait. Pressure will come on to them in the March period because the farmer, we've talked about their, their workload, the farmer will not be on the pitch until the 7th of March at the 1st and they to work and therefore they'll work like crazy through March and mid-April before they come back on to think about anything else yeah yeah they're gonna have a hectic March and beginning of April well you'll remember you know can you could you sell some wheat well you know no my 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 loader is in the field putting seed into the drill piss off you can't have any we're already getting that farmers are already saying that they're not interested in selling the March no. So, so there is pressure coming on the consumer. If he doesn't buy anything in this period, there's going to come a moment where he's going to be a bit tight for March and certainly early April. So that's that's a consideration. That that puts the brakes on any drop mm. because if you can, you can be as, as long as you like of wheat, if you can't get your hands on it, your mill runs out of wheat, doesn't it? But you'd think a lot of the consumers at the moment are in that place of trying to bottom pick the market when they steam into really cover the rest of the year that that 10 10 to 13 quid drop is quite significant to them but it's, it, well the point is it's it's all in the timing isn't it you know what 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 can change the pressure would be the perfect weather pattern allowing farmers to get on quickly and then and clear the rest of their crop if they get more and more pressure on them to snatch at doing the jobs they've got to do they're still not going to really be in a selling grain mode because they're going to be in a, in a hypersensitive under pressure the world's going to end, my yields are going to be rubbish type mood. Never a great conducive time to talk someone to selling the rest of their crop, yeah. is it? So the, the, the pressure can change or will change. Our theories are one thing which will alter as the weather unfolds. Mm. What about your um, your old, uh, and I love the old trade sayings, but um, by Liverpool, South Manchester. Not that there are dinners this year, but, you know, this is... We've just kind of, like, talked that up, haven't we, really? Well, it would have been the, the Liverpool dinner last week. And if you'd have bought it, you'd be five or six quid wrong at this moment. So probably but the Manchester is still 
five weeks away. Manchester is, yeah, mid-March, so um, there would be no dinners, obviously, but, you know, the old... Yeah, you're right. In, in normal years, if you buy in Feb and sell in March a particular forward month, you no- normally, on, on percentage terms, make money from that process. This year, because of this recent drop-off immediately around the time of the normal Liverpool dinner. No, I don't, I don't, think, uh, I don't think that one's going to work now. Not the way it's just... So you don't, you don't, you're not a believer that the values will be higher in mid-March than they are now? Well, this is the point, isn't it? This is the whole point. I'll, we, we'll go through this. We'll, we'll have a little debate about it. I will tell you what I think at this moment will happen, but it is, the, the dynamic of it is completely changed. The pressure on individuals in this market changes as the weather unfolds. You know, If the UK farmer decides he's not going to sell it sub £200 a tonne, he's going to focus on his work, and, and that work has extended through to the end of April, there is going to be a period in between now and the end of April where the price goes up. Fact. You can dance up and down all you like about supply and demand. Always more than enough. If there isn't enough if the farmer isn't selling it. That's it. And and largely the future stocks are diminishing. There won't be a fresh tender till May. So April's going to be a few people squeaking around trying to find wheat. At the end of the year, I tell you what. I tell you what we'll do. We'll 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 stick our neck out. What do you think the price of wheat will be on the 30th of June? And I'm going to say X farm feed wheat on the 30th of June will be 190 pounds a ton. But I think the price of wheat in between now and then will trade certainly over 200 up to 210, something like that. There you go. That's a crazy theory. What, what do you think, Josh? 191. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I actually think by that point it'll be less, but I agree it'll go up. But I think it'll be less. I think it'll be about 100 and, between 180 and 190. Really? Mm. Yeah. So there is enough wheat? I think there... Oh, I don't. That's what you're saying. That's I know. Saying. I think there'll be some stuff that gets imported. In my opinion, the pan's relatively strong. Yeah, I think there'll be something that maybe comes in from France or something that'll be cheaper. So yeah, I, my personal feeling is we'll be okay. See, we, we we have got the caveat of if the weather is absolutely appallingly awful all the way through the spring, right the way through to the middle of May then the whole of everything's going to be up. Anyway, the new crop mm. price is going to be through the roof. There'll be a carry into new crop. The pressure comes off and there won't be anybody selling it anyway. So these, these prices, it's all very well to you were wrong on that. But the weather will have a massive impact, won't it? And the weather around the rest of the world. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, the, uh, I think the thing for me is world corn. World corn, I think, will be the leader of it in terms of feed grains. Okay. La Nina year. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, uh, okay, they've written up the uh, latest, I'd say the Conab, which is the RG crop. They've written that up in corn last couple of days, and they've written up, what's the Brazilian? I can't remember what their body is, but they've written, oh, Rosario, they've written that up um, as well. So corn is bigger, but it's it's tight. I think the American stock use is like 8%. That's me- that's mega tight, and, uh, and you've got then China that are still, okay, Chinese New Year, which is this yeah, week. That means they're off the pitch off, this for, week. For a week. But so when they come back from the, the Chinese They might media. hit it like a freight train again, like they've done. I mean, was it 5 million tonne in the week? It took off 5 million tonne a week. Is yeah, and we, we can't huge. know that. So, so again, the prediction of Josh and I at this point in time, we can't know that the Chinese are short because they've told us they've got 100 million tonnes in stock and they had a fantastic harvest. So we've believed every word and we're sitting here going, oh, why did they buy 5 million tonnes two weeks ago? They obviously wanted a bit extra just to be sure. If they come in and buy another 5 million tonnes next week when they come back off their holiday, we're going to think, they might have not told us the truth. <laughs> now, the, uh, again, talking about trade sayings, but corn is king. Corn is the biggest feed grain around the world. And I, my hunch is, yeah, the La Nina effect and, and that demand, I just think that will keep the whole commodities kind of grouping but supported. If, if La Nina kicks in and the Chinese are still buying and 
There has been some weather damage with the recent freezing cold US, freezing cold Europe, and bearing in mind the Russian new plan to to put a tax on exports for for yeah. producers, yeah. which is going to which allegedly the, the the commentators are saying is going to reduce the number of acres planted. Well, there so they, they've got the ta- uh, the tariff on exports, but they've also got a new system that they've uh, introduced, which is. A general tax, so they basically tax the bench or the basis is two hundred dollars. They tax seventy percent of the price increase over two hundred dollars. Yeah, so the so the Russian farmer's going to go. I don't know whether that whether if, it makes him money or not. Well, it if it goes him? to three hundred dollars, obviously the the Russian farmer will make two hundred thirty. There's where's the incentive to grow wheat? A lot of people, rightly so, and I understand this from farmer, is it demotivates them from growing wheat. If you can't take advantage of the global price hikes, and and maybe okay, this is their two, three, four, five year kind of outlook, but maybe that knocks them off the pedestal of being you know the big wheat producer in well, the they're, world. They're the, they're the granary, aren't they? The people everyone's yeah. been buying buying the stuff off. If they're going to say I can't be bothered, then that with the Chinese, with the cold weather, yeah. with all of these things, the price mm. of cereals in the world could absolutely go through the roof. That is, mm. we are in a super cycle. We are at a position where we really could see it kick off. Um, it would be fantastic to know that. Mm. You've heard our prediction, or you haven't actually said anything. I do. There, there was quite a, a funny... I'd, I've been on Twitter a lot more recently. I think because the volatility of the market is moving, Twitter's been really interesting in terms of grains. Lots of people put their comments rightly or wrongly, but JP Morgan came out with something... Was it last... What was the day that soybeans tanked 60 cents a bushel? But they came out saying something like super cycle, massive influx of money into ags, and that this is going to be 2021 is going to be a big year for for ags. But that was great timing because literally about an hour later, all the markets dumped, had their biggest daily dump in in the year. There's, you know, it's, it's the winter at the moment and... A lot is riding on the weather this year. The stocks are low, as you've mentioned. It is a La Nina year that should be dry in the Midwest. Mm. That market's a powder keg if it does get dry weather, mm. and it will lead everybody else up. So it potentially, you know, our, our crazy quote for June wheat X farm could be 30 or £40 pounds wrong, couldn't it? Yeah. I don't think it'd be much lower. I think that the other thing is, it, let's, let's, let's just an, analyse the weather being parochial first. If we had perfect weather... And we already know we're not going to have perfect weather because we know we're going to have an Arctic oscillation, which is going to bugger up getting started early in in March. But let's assume that that's quickly gone, and you know, in like a lion, out like a lamb is the is the phrase for uh, the weather in March. It's either in like a lamb, out like a lion. It's, it's it's a month where it changes dramatically. You know, if it's perfect, good crop development, animals able to get out and start, you know, not eating indoors, having grass, that will bring in budget selling from farmer. You know, if the, if the crop starts to really come on nicely and they can get the fertiliser on, that will bring them out and there will be natural pressure on the market, won't there? Yeah, there will, definitely. And that actually goes back to a little bit like what I was saying last week, which was that right now is probably as bleak a weather as you can get. So we had, you know, locally in Norfolk, 40, 50 mils worth of rain. Then we've just had similar amount of snow. You can't see any fields or any crops I, I do personally think that by middle end of March things will have turned around we'll probably go into some stupidly hot dry spring through till the 2nd of August or something but my point is that it will get better and there will be a turnaround in my opinion just through the law of averages and it'll get better okay if we make the assumption of the perfect weather which we've just done so it therefore gets dry then gets nice rain and then carries on all the way through then there will be naturally our market will have lots of reasons to sell it they're good prices and people can make a profit out of it however 
if the rest of the world, this is assuming the rest of the world also has perfect weather, because stocks are in such a place, they're, they're low, it needs to be perfect in lots of markets in order for the market to become subdued. Any hiccup will continue to fuel this, this bullish mood. Yeah. Well, there, there's another big sort of topic for debate is, OK, we're months away from this, but the corn versus bean debate, you know, in the States, both of them are hellishly tight you know nine percent and 2.6 2.7 percent for beans the bean crop needs a massive crop to kind of sort that out but corn can't afford to lose that many acres so it's kind of there's a lot of if if the weather is good in in march for the early planting of corn and april and so on and it's good ideal conditions because it's dry mm. they will plant corn mm. because it's about soil condition yeah. so if you've got perfect conditions you put the stuff in if it continues to be dry now so if you if the weather prediction continues to be dry for us and dry for the states and dry for other parts of the world or whoever's the problem will be with us in earnest by the end of april in april it will start to kick off if it starts mm. i've put all my corn in because it's fantastic in the midwest by the 11th of april it will be clear if there's no rain forecast and it's very high pressure and it's very hot that the, the market will be starting to fuel up quite dramatically. Mm. And that historically, when markets kick off in the spring, it's March is the everyone, oh, we're getting on really nicely, mm. thank you, or we're not. Yeah. And then in April, it then kicks off. So that's that's when the, the, the fire will be lit if there's a problem. Mm. So dry, it will initially be perceived as being good for the crop. So the initial reaction will be the market comes down. If it continues dry, it will very quickly start to go up again, especially if it's on one of the major crops. But wet, what about if it's wet in the UK? I mean, proper, continues all the way through March. Maybe they have a week where they get a bit done and it all gets flooded. Would that be crack kiloweights as well? I don't know. It depends what happens in April, May, June then, doesn't it? But if it's wet and they can't plant it, delays, poor crop development cuckoo barley which you know all the other old boy phrases but reduced acreage without a doubt there'll be less acres of stuff yeah. less crop ahdb figures will be wrong well yeah, i had i had a grower this morning who was even suggesting potentially having some fallow land this season i yeah. said very early but he yeah unfortunately didn't get a lot of wheat in he's now questioning being able to move on getting spring barley and then kind of thinking yeah he was drilling this time last year well there is a point when you spend more money producing a crop than leaving it but one assumes he's got something on the you know that as we all know we now need cover on the ground we don't need to have bare soil so i'm sure he's got something there like clover or something just poodling along well i mean from a seed point of view talking to people in the the seed trade it's not busy it should be right now the peak of the spring wheat crop season apparently they've been busy on spring spring wheat but soon then we start importing from europe to which prices will start with 600 and something so that might be a factor but spring barley's is are quiet very quiet and there's a bit on beans and peas but compared to a normal year right now would be pretty much close to peak drilling for most people getting close to this year's nowhere near and the market is quiet it's not okay it's busy but i mean compared to where it should be it's quiet but we've had the odd person increase their seed order this week we we? have yeah but still there's a lot of people that that we trade with the are they holding off i mean they're, i think they're holding off yeah well the point the point is if they the worst thing about that is if if suddenly the weather forecast comes right then they'll all want it tomorrow morning won't they of course they will and it won't be processed because no one's put For, the bloody fortunately order what we're going to try and we're, <laughs> we're trying to build up stock of it to sit there yeah. and we're lucky because we've only got a handful of varieties so that's quite easy but yeah there there will probably be a pinch point or a bottleneck at some point but unless the weather does stay really crap like you're saying and then we're going to be sitting there with a load of stock but well you know, this is this is we're looking at the the perfect weather, dry weather, or wet weather. Initially, wet weather, continue wet weather will be bullish. Will be bullish to new crop, definitely. 
whether it be bullish or crop. Well, I mean, looking at Windy, my faithful old friend, they predict over the next 10 days another 20 mil worth of rain in Norfolk. Great. Yeah, I, I don't mean to depress anyone further, but the point is it's not it's not going to dry up. Yeah, it's dry Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, probably Thursday next week, but then we're expecting some rain. So I don't think it's... it's no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to warm up so the snow will melt by Tuesday, is it? I, probably. I think tomorrow is relatively warm at 2 degrees and sunny. But then there's a bit of rain, actually. On, I think it's Monday there's a bit of rain. I'll just make a little observation sitting at the moment. I'm just looking at the tops of our silos at Aylsham. And uh, all of them have got snow on the top. Which means the grain inside that bin is really low in temperature. That's what, always... what you want as a storekeeper, isn't it? Well, yeah, just, uh, usually the, the temperature of the corn is, is high enough to melt it. But it's absolutely, you know, right down there, which is rather pleasing. That malting barley bins bit. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> okay, Josh. While we're, we're right, moving on. Let's 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 get down to really important stuff about the weather. So, what stops you from skiing down the cliff? Oh, I thought you were going to bring up the point there of what, yeah, what you uh, happened to do on um, Munzig Golf Course and the uh, the fifth green. Right. Well, um, yeah. So I didn't I didn't get down to ski down the cliff because this easterly wind was coming in, and because we're north east. East facing or north northeast facing, it blew the snow off. So actually, by the tops of the cliff, there was no snow at all. I went for a walk there yesterday, and there was no snow. So there was that. I did go to Monday Golf Course because, as everyone knows, Norfolk's relatively flat, but the golf course is not flat. Yeah, so we messed around on there a bit, but I did stay off the greens. There are lots of people that don't care, and they do just go and uh, trash them. I drove past it this morning, and considering there's still loads of snow around, there's this perfect like brown line that goes down the fairway onto the green so if you're a, a golf course if you're a member of that golf course i think you'd be pretty annoyed the, uh, yeah it is ruined. the youth the youth of munsley i think it's more it's actually to be honest it's not so much young, it's more young families which see we normally go to munsley to sledge if there's any sledging but we couldn't because of lockdown not allowed well, that was very good of you not to do it well i could have made the excuse of going to visit the houses in munsley couldn't i but you know to be fair, most people that were there, they, they had walked from the village. So it, it was certainly quieter than what it normally is. There, I, I think this year is fairly well battered. And it is, it's actually not necessarily young people. It is, it's, well, it's young families that See, couldn't care I, less. I, the, the thing, what we lack in Norfolk, I ran on about how marvellous Norfolk is, we, we lack hills. You know, There's, there's the, the northern part of Norfolk, which has got lots of undulation, where the glaciers came down. So we have got hills. We have got bits of high ground and, and steep cliffs, etc., of pure soil, which is washing into the sea. So but what I think the perfect scenario would be was if we could have some form of volcanic eruption in the fens. I'm sorry about this to any fen listeners, but that would be, be the dream. It would be good. Have a, we could have, you know, if it could quickly erupt and then cool down pretty quick. So you had a, a good, you know, six thousand meter type. Yeah, that would be amazing. If, if and we know, could all go skiing, couldn't we? We'd all yeah. want to buy houses on the edge of the fen then. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have, have surfing in the North Sea at Munsley, skiing at Wisbeach. The Wispy Ski Club. Be good for cereal prices as well. And also, if you're a farmer, I think you could no longer have a farm. You could have a ski resort. Yeah. See? That would be ideal. I hope, hope nobody minds that. We have a bit of mountainous region in between us and Lincolnshire. Good idea. Webby, what do you think? I don't know. Well, I've had my one little episode skiing, which I did enjoy. But I think I enjoyed everything else around skiing rather than the actual skiing itself. Yeah, you're going to have to go again, though, with you. Yeah, we'll do eventually. Izzy will make you go. She can ski, can't she? No, not really. Yes, she can. She can ski better than you. 
Well, she did as a kid, but that doesn't really count. Yeah, no, she can ski better than you. Just take on the chin. And you've got a, you've got a daughter. She's going to want to ski better than her husband too, isn't she? So you're off you go. Daddy, help go my skis. And she'll watch you fall over and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah, we probably will. Right, we're, no, we're going to have a, a beer. I found a beer that, that we haven't tested before. This is one of the ones that Ben brought in, I think. He was ranting and raving about how wonderful this lot were. So, Webby, can you read it out? Yeah, I, I mean, this is a good brewery because we've had quite a few here, but I'm not overly excited about the thought of this because it's a stout which i'm never a big fan of but it's wild card by the Wildcraft brewery so that's that's pretty local to us it's just outside of Alsham, buxton and it's a blackberry stout four and a half percenter okay it's a bit of a shame we drank the beers the other night because i yeah. think i would have preferred to have had uh, <laughs> no, we, one of those no, we've, we've we've been through those enough so so this this um we yeah webby and i i was about to go home and webby was putting some invoices on the system and i and i suddenly i said do you fancy a beer webby and it was like yeah so we sort of just a couple of old blokes having a well one old bloke but, um look at this, this is a classic ben here josh has just pointed this out so it's not even my observation but i'll steal it 7th of october 2020 was that a date what a tight git yeah he's basically <laughs> given us some out of date beer well should we should we just skip it and drink <sighs> the bishop's finger I've got over there instead? Yes. Yeah. Oh no, we, I think we've got to try it. We'll have a. Um, on in. What do you call it? We'll a little. Have some each. Come. On. Is it a soup sand? They sort a little bit just as a, a taster. So that's the Monty Python film where he has just one extra little. And then explodes. Right. Gone. Are you, you Mr. Got Chris, you're legendary about pouring, as we know. So where's the? Where's oh, the, I've got the bottle. Yeah, right. Go on. Him. <laughs> 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 It's just exploded. <laughs> right, that was... Um, we've just had an event that's reduced the amount of beer we're going to drink. Now, either it was shaken up or because it's out of date, who knows? You've been practising, Ian. That's very impressive. If I could... If only people could see... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, quite a lot. Right. That is classic, how rubbish you are at pouring. I've put a picture on, and so it's going to come on with the podcast this week, of Ian Webster pouring a beer where there is about one millimetre of beer and about 65 feet of, of head, just to, just to say that we're not completely and utterly horrible to him all the time for no reason. Anyway, right, we've got to drink this stuff, and then we'll have a, a bishop's finger, shall we? And as a, We've already done that as a test, but we know we like it, don't we? So, out of date, Ben Beer... From Wildcraft Brewery. Doesn't smell too. Doesn't smell too bad. It smells right. Tastes like a stout. That's not bad. That's all right. It's all right. Okay. It's not you know, too bad. Ben, you're forgiven. It probably might have been even better when it was on time, but yeah. No, I don't mind that. Right. Let's get the other bottle. Josh. Josh didn't like it. Can you get the? Other, can you get the other bottle? Where is get it? Another, get another. another glass. Right. This is a bit of a, a mixed up beer drink. Josh, you're not going to drink yours. No, it's rank. It's not that bad. It's disgusting. Josh's opinion. Do you like? Do you like? The only stout I like is Guinness. There you go. Yeah, it's not that far off Guinness. It is. Uh, Guinness is lovely, I know. Are you but... close-minded on this issue? No, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm certainly open to other suggestions. But so far, the only stout I like is Guinness. That, I think that's a bit unfair. That really isn't that bad. No, that's not too bad. I agree with, right. with Webby on this one. I think uh, if anyone's out there who knows of a good stout being brewed, then please send one in for us to drink. We'll make Josh be a tester on it. We'll also have some people who have a slightly more balanced attitude to it. I do like. I agree with Josh. I do like a Guinness. Yeah, Guinness right. we, you went around and banged on about that last week. It's fine. Guinness is Guinness, isn't it? Tastes best in Dublin. Yeah, yeah. that's something I want to do. I want to drink a pint of Guinness in Dublin. I've never uh, oh, experienced uh, uh, an Irish pint of Guinness. Oh, you need to go to the Dublin dinner, don't you? Mm. Well, will fail him. Are you listening? Anyway, if we ever have dinners again. Our dinners will come back. I mean, everyone's itching to... Uh, I was chatting to someone the other day about the, the normal summer boss. Hopefully... 
I think it's probably unlikely that we'll have a summer balls. Well, I don't know. It depends where the venue is, doesn't it? Like the last couple in the um, the Dickens, um, was it St Catherine's? What's the dock it's in? Yeah, isn't that the winter balls? And in the summer, it's that castle one that's actually a boat. Yeah. A lot off embankment or whatever. It'd be all right, wouldn't it? You're outside. Yeah, we need, it needs to be outside. It needs to be in a tent with the sides off, doesn't it? You know, it's. I mean, the, the, the trade is it lacking by not meeting up with each other? I think it is. We're speaking to people obviously regularly, um, but it's not the same. I quite like the whole having a beer and sometimes getting a bit when, silly towards the end. What about when people sort of come out with the old outside? You know, that sort of. Too oh, many there's beers. always a scandal. It's brilliant. There's always something funny. That <laughs> We've never had any of that, have we? Well, yeah, we, we had a bit of that. Yeah, we, we did have, one year, yeah, didn't we? we have, yeah. 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 Don't mention the war. We've had a couple of times, actually. But we don't, we don't actually, you know, say outside, do we? It's like, you know. No, it's normally someone saying that to us. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. I don't know what, what yeah, anyway. No, there's, there's been some good ones in time, but very yeah. rarely do people actually have a fight nowadays, do they? No, we're lovers, not fighters, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Oh, I have a test of this beer. What do you think about this one? You can't. Can I'm going to stick on the stout, actually. No, it's like playing at home at football, isn't it? Guaranteed win. Is this the uh, kind gesture from Tim Porter? It yeah, is, isn't it? It is. Tim Porter. We we've got we had a bottle left in the corner of the room. For, there's actually another one. Desperate, isn't it? Yeah. We'll do that next week. Then. <laughs> unless we get a free stout. <laughs> we get a free stout in for you, Josh. Yeah. We're gonna go. We're gonna go back to um, you know back to work. We're gonna send this off for you, everyone, to listen to it. What do you reckon then? Will will we have snow on the ground next time we record? No. Shouldn't do, should be yeah, gone. 10 degrees one day or something. Yeah, well, in which case, all of the snow will be gone. What's the date today? 12th. It'll be the 19th. If it's raining like you say it's going to be raining, then that will right off the end of last week of February. Will there be any planting in February? Possibly a diddy bit. Then, the, then Ollie's Arctic Oscillation kicks in. So, I did, um, there were drills running. I saw someone drilling into the frost uh, on Twitter this morning. Really? Yeah. Whereabouts? I think actually also I spoke to someone who's in Cambridgeshire and they only had two hours of snow and there's nothing there. So yeah, we're um, we actually are sitting wet and cold compared to the rest of the country. Oh, oh well, in which case then I take it all back. Anyone from the rest of the country think I'm talking a load of rubbish? But the most important part of the world here, malting barley, you know, doing grains customer base, the house from grain store and yeah, grain store members, the people who got you know make our living. I'm afraid the weather's been cruel and the rest of the world is having a lovely sunny time. Although it is a bit snowy up north, they tell me. So, yeah, in the next week, yeah, we don't expect it to be a lot further on, but will the price be higher if we eat in the next week? Let's finish with that. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Okay. But yes, end of the week, yes. Okay. It certainly feels under pressure at the moment, doesn't it? So with that, slightly pessimistic for one week's worth of trading note. Have a great week. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.